if I, or Friday if I wanted to do uh, Bible study tonight. And I said, sure. And uh, then I got to thinking. I thought, man, that's a whole hour. I'm good for about 30 minutes. So I told Jane, I said, man, you need to get me some songs or something tonight. Help me out. <laughs> Mindy is going to be blessed tonight because she's not going to have to wait till 10 or 15 after to let them kids loose. But, uh, but y'all pray for us tonight. And uh, we'll begin reading here in verse 22 of Matthew chapter 14. It says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed uh, with the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went into the, to them walking on the water, or on the sea, I'm sorry. Uh, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you this evening, Father, God, for an opportunity. Uh, Lord, that, uh, that is is a, a privilege and an honor. And Lord, I, I, I stand here trembling uh, before this congregation, Lord, uh, because God, I am depending solely on you because I cannot do this myself. And I pray, God, that you'll just touch, lead, guide, and bless this evening. Touch every word that comes out of my mouth, every thought that comes through my mind, and help me, God, this evening just to be a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit tonight on uh, when darkness comes. That fourth watch when Jesus come to them was between the hours of 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. And that is the darkest time of the night. Um, how many of y'all have ever been in a dark place? Whether it is, it is a circumstance or... or a tragedy, or something in life. I, I believe we've all been in dark places and we can relate to what we're going to, what we're going to see here this evening. Um, number one, number one, um, when, we're, when, when darkness comes, when we find ourselves in that dark place, uh, we need to do exactly what Peter did. Uh, he, 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 he called out to Jesus and said, If you're Lord, let me come out to you. Now, I don't think Peter was was uh, being arrogant and sarcastic. I think he wanted to be out there with Jesus. Uh, he says, Lord, if that's you, let me come out there with you. And he just wanted to be with him. And so Jesus said, come on. 
And, uh, and Peter came out of the ship and he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Peter stepped out uh, on the storm. So when you're in that dark place, step out on that storm. Step out in or on whatever it is that you're afraid of. That's what Peter did, that difficulty you're facing. Um, Again, in Matthew 14, 29 is, is the verse. It says, and he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to Jesus. He stepped out on his storm. He stepped out of the boat. Um, he, Peter stepped out of his, his, his safe place. He stepped out of his comfort zone. Um, when we're in a difficult way or, or we're, when we're in that storm, um, there's usually a little safe place that we're at that'll make us feel okay. Well, he had to step out of that in order to get what he needed in this time. Um, you step away from your comfort zone or your safe place. Uh, and then B, he stepped out on the water. And this, this is the part I like. Um, Peter stepped out onto, he stepped out of the boat, but then he stepped out onto the very thing that he was fearing. And to me, when you're walking on top of something, that gives me the, 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 the confidence that I have overcome or I have, I've conquered it or I have, I have um, won that battle, so to speak. Um, so Peter walked out of the boat and then he stepped right on the very thing that he was afraid of. Um, and then B or C... He stepped toward Jesus. Um, Always remember, always remember, and I've got it written in your notes, your storm, your difficulty, your tragedy, or your crisis can be nothing more than stepping stones to Jesus. He might need you just to be a little closer to him tonight. Now I'm going to warn you all, I'm a crier. Um... I'll, I'll cry at the drop of a hat, and if I've got a hat on, I'll drop it so I can cry. Um, <laughs> but there was, there was a saintly old saint of God lady at our church in Florida, and she told me one time, she looked me dead in the eyes, and she said, Brother Dole, she said, don't never let your tears dry up. And i have not. So, um, But anyway... Just remember, I know, I know there's been some that's lost family members recent. There, there's folks that's been through surgeries recent, have faced uh, some dark times this last week. But I want to tell you, I want to tell you, Jesus is there for you. All you have to do is go to him. Um, number two, number two. Not only did Peter step out on the storm, or or you step out on your storm, but then you need to shout out to the Savior. Um, In Matthew 14, 30, um, it says, But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. He was praying to Jesus, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. When you're in that dark place, or when you don't know what to do, when you start to sink, cry out to Him. Um, then we see A, we see the manner of His prayer. The manner of His prayer. It was a fervent 
It was fervent prayer. It was, it was, it was serious. It was, it was, he was afraid. He cried out. Now, I just told you I'm a crier. It's, it's not because I'm afraid right now, but if I get afraid, I'll cry. But he cried out to Jesus. Um, Hebrews 5, 7, um, it says, Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications, with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, and was heard in that he feared. Now when faith is weak, prayer should be strong. Do you find yourself praying more when you're in a difficult spot? Don't pray as much when things are going good, do we? we we've got it. Peter didn't have it at this time. Uh, Peter, was, <laughs> Peter was sinking. Um, and then in John 4.49 it says, The nobleman saith unto him, Sir, sir, come down ere my child die. Now, there's not much more, I don't think, on the face of this earth would get me serious with God than to see my child in a bad way, on death's bed, and nothing I can do about it but cry out to Him. He was serious. He was afraid. The Bible teaches us in the day of our fear that we need to offer up strong cries, and that is in Hebrews 5, 7. We see the manner of his prayer. Then we see the matter of his prayer. We see the matter of his prayer. It was pertinent. It was specific. I mean, y'all, when you talk to God and you need something, you tell him exactly what you need. Amen? You've got to be specific in what you pray for. Um, in Luke 23, 34, it says, Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. Now, that was pretty pertinent to that situation right there. Jesus was hanging on the cross, and they were, they were casting lots for his garments and, 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 and his raiment. And he was, he was asking God to forgive them for it. So what he was praying for right there was, was pretty pertinent, was pretty important to what was going on. And then Luke 23, 46 it says, and when Jesus cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, and to thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. And then in Mark 15, 34, this is a good one. I like this one. It says, and at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is being interpreted, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That was, that, was, that was pretty pertinent to that time. Jesus was sitting there feeling like God had forsaken him. Darkness, total darkness. Where are you at? And he was asking him specifically. Um, when you're in that place, that dark place, be specific. Be, be, be specific on what you ask God for. That matter of prayer. Then number three, number three, not only do we need to step out uh, on, into the storm, we need to, we need to um, shout out to the Savior, 
And then we need to sing praises to the sovereign or sing out to the sovereign. We need to worship him. Um, when God does something for you, man, you need to give him praise for it. You need to let him know that you appreciate it. Um, there was a gentleman a long time ago, another good old saint down there in our home church in Florida. Um, he told me one time, he says, he says, you need to put up somewhere in your house, on your refrigerator, it's a good spot, all the prayers that God answers for you. And then when things don't go exactly the way you think they should or, or a prayer might not get answered, you look at that when you get discouraged and look at everything he has done for you. Amen? But we need to praise him. Matthew 14, that last verse there in this passage, it says, And then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Um, what that done for them... And I want, I want to get into a little bit right here. Um, but that confirmed their faith. That confirmed their faith. And, and you're thinking, well, my goodness. They just, they just left the multitude with Jesus. He just fed 5,000 plus people, maybe twelve or 15,000 people with a couple of fish. And I ain't talking about 40-pound Red snapper, Mike, and, and, and 50 or 60 pound grouper. I'm talking about fish back then, like a sardine style fish. And five little old loaves. And it ain't a, ain't a loaf of sunbeam. I'm talking about a little old, little old loaf, a little cake. And they just experienced that. But this confirmed their faith. Still yet. I think everything that we see Jesus do. Everything he does for us strengthens our faith. Every situation we go through, every trial we face, every dark storm we, we, we um, are um, brought upon us, I believe that strengthens our faith. Um, and even in, this, even in this passage, even in this time right now, they saw three miracles during this, this little deal. If you didn't catch it, they watched Jesus walk on the water. They watched Peter walk on the water. And then they witnessed the wind and the storm just laying down. That's three miracles right there in this little passage. Um, I tell you a little bit about myself. My wife's probably going to kill me, but I'm going to, I'm going to tell it. Um, You know, everybody probably looks at, at, at people and thinks, man, they got, the, they got it going on. Well, I want to tell you something. We face things too. I face things. I've, well, I've dealt with some stuff in the last 10 years. One thing just here recent that uh, it got pretty dark in my world. I was in a really dark place. Um, went through an ordeal with with one of our youngins about 10 years ago um, that just rocked my world. <clears throat> Made me feel like a failure as a father. Like I failed my family. And man, I felt like, Lord, why are you doing this to me? 
Why are you doing this to me? And I'm telling this to get back to the, to the message. In 1992, Blaise and I got saved in, in our little home church up in West Virginia. And we were visiting up there. We lived in Florida at the time. And um, we came back and um, we found a church, which is Preacher's Dad's church, that my grandpa went to in the early 70s. It was a different pastor. <clears throat> so we finally found it, asked around, and, and found what we thought was that church. And it had to be because it was just like he, he had described it. And, man, we got in, fit right in as our kind of people, um, and just, just loved Jesus. Got involved. Um, that was in 92 late 92. In 98, we had a camp meeting every year um, in January, I think. And um, January of 98, man, I took that whole week off. We would, we would have breakfast in the morning. We would have preaching and singing in the, in the morning after breakfast. We would take a break in the afternoon. We would come back and eat supper, go back in for church, and then come back out and finish up the leftovers and then go home about midnight. Uh, did that for a solid week, plus just enjoying the, the services. And man, God got all over me. I mean, all over me. I kind of knew what was happening, but I didn't want to admit it to myself even um, or, or, or accept it or, or own up to it because I knew if I did, things were fitting to change. Um, so I couldn't help it, and I told this went on for about three months. And in March of 98, I stopped Preacher's dad one morning after Sunday service, and I told him, I said, I said, Preacher, I said, I said, there's something going on with me. I said, I think God's calling me to preach or to the ministry. He says, well, I'm glad you're finally realizing it. It's like he had known it for months. Um, so he said, all right. He says, we'll announce it to the church tonight. So we did, and, and uh, about 95% of everybody there that night said, well, it's about time you owned up to it, because they knew it too. Um, but, and I'm saying all that this for a reason. After that, that was in March. Between March and August of, of 98, we both quit career jobs. We both worked for the city of Vero Beach in Florida, quit career jobs, and packed up everything we owned in a U-Haul and a little GMC S15 with $1,200 cash, moved to North Augusta, South Carolina, go to Bible college. Did that, had an awesome time there, God blessed us, and then moved back to Florida in 02 pastored for about 15 months there at Preacher's Dad's Church and then we moved here in 03 having said that all this happened and I'm thinking God why are you doing this to me look what all I've give up for you look what all I've look what I've and I've and I've and I thought he owed me more than put me through what he put me through well, 
And then it happens, something happens again just in the last month or so. And I'm thinking, God, why are you doing this to me? And I learned a valuable thing the first time around that I had a lot of pride issues. And I had some hatred in my heart that I didn't realize was there. So God dealt with that. And then this time around, God showed me that I don't need to invest a whole lot of faith, too much faith, in a person. Because it'll let you down in a bad way. But I said all that to say this. These guys were out in that, on that sea of, not of their own choice. Verse 22, it says, it says in straightway, Jesus constrained them. He forced them. That word constrained, God, I can't even read. That word constrained is to urge irresistibly or powerfully, compelled, forced, restrained, bound, imprisoned, or necessitate. They didn't have a choice. He made them go into what they were facing. And then that happened. So it don't matter... It does not matter what you're facing or why. I have learned personally this was so important for me that I have learned personally that I need to trust him. I need to look, keep my eyes on him. Peter was fine when he stepped out of that boat. Peter said, bid me to come. Come on. He stepped out. He was fine. Until his wife told him she was leaving him and he started sinking. Till the bank called and said, we're foreclosing on your house. He started sinking. Till the police called and said, we got your son in jail. Then he started sinking. What happened? He took his eyes off of Jesus. But life, life causes us a lot of times to get distracted, to take our eyes off of him. Oh, dear Lord, I'm going to be way early. (laughs) And I tried. She told me to read slow. I've read slow. (laughs) Read it again. I can't handle it again. Let, let me say this. Let me say this, honestly. And, and God put this on me this evening. I want to open up the altars. Jalen, if you'd come up and get just a, some type of invitation song, if you're still in here somewhere. Amen. Hallelujah. Please come back. <laughs> Sherry, go get him. <clears throat> I told Josh he better be ready to get them kids out of there by about quarter till. 
Um, but in all seriousness, in all seriousness, I, I don't know what everybody's going through tonight, but God does. God knows your heart. If this was for nobody, I've heard it. This makes about the fifth time I've heard this today. And I've, I've sat in my office all day and I've cried and wept at my desk. And, um, but for whatever reason, God had me to, to do this lesson this evening. I don't know your hearts. I don't know your thoughts. Now, Peter was a saved man, but he still cried out to Jesus to save him. And that's what we need to do this evening. If you're going through something, if, if life is just pressing down on you, if you're in the middle of that storm, these altars are open tonight. If you need to be saved, I'm telling you right now, these altars are open. If we got some altar workers here, if you guys will be ready in case somebody comes down, I would like to open up the opportunity for anybody that needs to to come tonight and to pray. Amen. I must tell Jesus all of my trials. So I must tell Jesus.